0: have you ever wondered why some businesses fail while others thrive are you wondering what resources you should use to build and launch a widely profitable business the answer to that question is this podcast when you combine the right knowledge strategies and resources you can create and launch an impactful business although there are multiple businesses getting started daily very few if any are profitable how can you make a smooth transition My mission is to simplify business building so that you can maximize your efforts. With today's demand on your attention, there are over 8,000 options to help you start a business. So where should you start? I have personally used and learned several of these processes and systems to simplify selling my own services online. In this podcast, I will share the best strategies with you. Building relationships, Adding value to your customer and serving people will take you further than solely posting on social media. Looking for likes is not an effective business strategy. If you are a real, creative, impact-driven entrepreneur that desires to learn the business strategies required to create and launch a wildly profitable business required in today's market, welcome. Keep listening as we share the strategy, processes, and systems we learn that work and don't work. Be sure to download your free Profitable Business Strategy Blueprint at profitablebusinessstrategy.com. I am your host, Christian R. Martinez, and you are listening to Profitable Business Strategies. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Profitable Business Strategy. I am always excited about the content that I'm bringing to you guys because I think about the things that I'm learning, the things that I've went through, the things that have helped me become a better uh, leader, a better business owner, and really to focus on not only adding value to the people that I work with, but to actually build profits into my business. Uh, Most people don't think about profits until they are far into the game, which is uh, really not a good strategy. You gotta actually build your profits in so that you don't have to worry about where money is going to come from down the line now there's this big misconception that money is evil and and it isn't really money that's evil it's the love of money so in this episode i want to demystify a few things and i'm going to share with you what i learned back in 2015 when i was asked to lead a non-profit in japan now if you want to test your leadership i'll tell you what i remember hearing my mentor say this and it was really powerful it says you need to lead an organization where no one needs to listen to you. And what kind of organization is that? A volunteer organization, a nonprofit, right? Where nobody's making money and people follow you because they either want to or because they des- they um, see something that they can get behind. So that's a story for another time, but let's get right into it. So I was asked to actually um, do two things during my time in Japan as I led this organization, one, it was to grow the membership, and then two, to increase the revenue that we had from the previous year. Uh, One of the things that they had struggled is every year, they would struggle to, be able to do things that they wanted to do, whether it was provide scholarships or, or do activities for the youth or do some professional development for um, you know, middle level managers. And so what we wanted to do is give them a cushion so that they can be able to do that without any reservation. So the talent that I had when I first started was that everybody had their own idea of what direction they wanted to go. When we first had to get, so we first had to first get very clear on where we wanted to go. During that time I had noticed like there was these patterns. Every successful organization would plan events around American holidays. Now, the reason for this is that everybody would like to capitalize on how the Japanese desire to connect with the American culture. This could be a variety of events. They would love to come um, and see how we celebrated certain things, whether it was the food or the, the culture, they'd love to be involved. So I was asked to, to design this this kind of plan. And I asked my team to design a roadmap, right? What events did we want to be our focus? We initially were challenged because everybody had their own agenda and it was very important that we set our own agendas aside and i asked everybody to let's do what's best for the team and take a very unbiased approach so we all agreed that we would focus on one big event every quarter and that we would focus on one one event being our climax event or our 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 main go-to event where we would focus all of our eggs in one basket so we'd have multiple events throughout the year, but one event would be our big primary focus. So each event would build upon each other. And then the last major event would be the one that was the biggest event, right? And this event was called the Friendship Festival and it would attract about 200,000 people over a three day span. Now that's a lot of people. And we decided that we wanted to focus on the things that we wanted to do and the efforts that it would take. So the team started brainstorming about ideas, and we had a lot of great ideas. But then there was a problem. We were selling a product that we wanted to buy. And so I asked the team, let's put ourselves in the Japanese shoes. Let's ask them, what would they want? And then I said, you know what? Let's take it a step further. A lot of us actually work with Japanese. Why don't we go and ask them, what do they want to try? What would they like to see? and what would they willing to be willing to uh, pay for it? And the overwhelming answer was sweets. Everybody wanted some sweets from the US, right? And so it wasn't any kind of sweets, it was like fair sweets, anything that you could get on a fair. So there was hundreds of ideas, and what we did is we narrowed it down to a few things. We formulated a few items and compared the cost to purchase, the ease to transport, the volume that we needed to sell to make a profit and then these were the key indicators that we would use to consider the, the product that we would sell and it would also help us with the service or am I talking about the product well really if you think about it if you do it in this order you can sell anything so we came up with the idea that we wanted to sell cheesecakes now This was a great idea, one, because I love cheesecake, I mean, I'm a cheesecake fanatic, but two, this was an idea that didn't come out of our own head. Now, have you ever sold something to crickets? That's the problem, you created something in your own head. Now, again, another topic for another time, but let me tell you what we did. After we narrowed everything down, we hit a hurdle. We started planning to sell cheesecakes and this other organization wanted to sell cheesecakes. Now everybody started to panic. Hey, we had this idea, but other people are buying cheesecakes. So I did a little bit of research. I did a few, you know, asked a few probing questions to the competition. And what's funny is they just, they just actually threw a dart on the board and picked the cheesecake. So they didn't actually have a plan to sell the cheesecake. So I said, guys, listen, although we're both selling cheesecake, we have, an advantage. I reassured the team, I said, listen, we have a secret weapon. Our clients not only told us what they would like, they told us how they would like it, right? So as we got closer to the event, some anticipation started to build. We told all of our Japanese friends to spread the word that we would be selling authentic New York style cheesecake. And that they would need to stop by the booth to see some of the surprises that we had. Now here are a few things that I learned in preparing for this event. We had a team that set rules for us and what we would sell. It. And it all it, it, it was designed to keep the competition even. So you are it, one of the rules were we were both to sell a similar product at a similar price and we weren't allowed to lower the price so that the competition was even. During the first day of sales, we went through a third of our inventory. Now, you this, this to everybody is kind of like, oh man, why did we only go through a third of our inventory? Everybody thought that the first day they would sell out. Now, ideally, if you did this right, every day you would go through a third and you would sell out either on day two or day three. Now, here's the interesting thing. Although my team didn't know the reason why you know, this was important. I was already thinking about these numbers and things that were going on. So the other team on the other side started to panic. They started to get frustrated and they actually lowered their prices without even getting approval to do so. So what does my team do? My team starts to panic. They're like, we need to lower our prices. They lowered their prices. I was like, listen, guys, we haven't sold, we we haven't been authorized to lower our prices and we're actually in a great position they're like what do you mean? I said we're through a third of our inventory we've already exceeded our goal for the event so once we once we focus on what we need to focus on, which is what we're selling, we will do a great job so we go through um, on day two we're we're doing really well and we notice that the other team is has just ran out of their cheesecake now this goes well for us because the other team didn't buy as many cheesecakes as we did and they were also not making as much money as we were on the cheesecake now remember i said that we were supposed to be selling it at the exact same price as the other team which we were however we had an advantage once we gathered ourselves on the second day of the shift and we were going through um, everybody started saying, "Man, we're 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 doing really well." People started coming and asking if they can buy entire cheesecakes from us. They started asking if they can get you know a variety of flavors. So although we had a similar cheesecake, they had a cheesecake that was very um, light. It was very crumbly and it was falling apart. And sometimes they were selling the cheesecakes while they were still frozen. My team had a superior product. It was a New York style cheesecake. We also, from our Japanese counterparts, found out that they loved different flavors. So what we did, because we couldn't buy multiple flavors of cheesecake, we had different toppings. So we had a strawberry topping, we had a chocolate topping, and then we had a caramel topping. This gave us three varieties of cheesecake, four, actually if you count the plain, while our competition only had one. Additionally, our competition told us that they would love to get the ability to buy entire um, uh, pies of cheesecake. They'd like to um, get mementos to remember the event. And so we did that. We combined t-shirts. We had t-shirts for them. We had coins that they could have. We had cheesecake, and then we had different varieties. So our competition was selling a cheesecake and here we were, we were averaging that we were supposed to sell a cheesecake at $5 a pop. We were selling a cheesecake at $17 a pop because everybody was, that was buying a cheesecake was also getting a coin and a t-shirt. So we were making $17 off of a cheesecake. Now, as we continue to move forward, we were, we were doing well, day two, still crushing it, but now day three comes along. And we have a third of our inventory left, which is still a good thing. Now, I decided because we were doing well, that I was going to allow my team to handle the first shift. And that I was going to go to church with my family. So four hours had gone by and I got a message um, prior to me arriving back at the event. Hey, we sold out. And I was like pumped. I was super excited. I was like, yes, we sold out. That is awesome. But... We still have like five hours to go. Then as I started to approach the team, my excitement changed to frustration. The team had lowered the prices without my approval. They had panicked because we still had one third of our inventory. I asked what happened and they said, we sold out, we sold out, we sold out. I said, yeah, but what happened? Why did you drop the prices? They're like, we're good, we sold out. I said, okay why did you guys lower the prices it seems like you're upset i was like no i'm frustrated because you guys lowered the prices without asking me and you got distracted by the competition they had sold out a few days before and they weren't making as much money as we were now it's important that you don't look at the competition because to be honest the competition isn't that good sometimes you gotta put blinders on like people put on racehorses so that they don't get distracted by what's going on to their left or to the right your competition is irrelevant you need to focus on how you show up and who you serve our course our customers told us exactly what kind of cheesecake they wanted what they wanted to be uh, uh, what we would call our quote-unquote upsell so they could get a cheesecake or for a dollar more they could get a topping for you know, more, they can get a cheesecake and a shirt. And then for uh, $10 more, they can get all of it with um, with a shirt. So we had a plan and we were doing really well. What else can you add? People were willing to pay for the things that we had because we had asked them what they wanted. Our competition, again, had a cheap cheesecake because they were so focused on the cost margin. We had a premium cheesecake. We had the toppings that our customers requested. We had the mementos. So people were purchasing left and right. Again, our average cost per sale was $17. So on average, you could say we were selling a cheesecake for $17 while our competition was selling it for five. Now, if you see your customers tell you what they want, you better go give them what they ask for. You don't have to be a creative genius. But what you want to do with your creative genius is give them what they need and they ask for, or give them what they want and then provide them what they need. They wanted this amazing cheesecake and then they asked for all of these shirts. So we gave them everything that they asked for and then some of the things that they needed along the way. When you build things with your customer in mind, that's the power of the blinder method. This is the method that we teach in our workshop where you can beat your competition with a superior product in your customers mind. Yes, I was frustrated because even though our team, a nonprofit organization, raised $36,000 in 3 days, you we will never know how much money we would have made if we had never lowered our prices. I hope this podcast serves you. I want to tell you everything that you can have at your disposal when you implement the blinder method but you gotta come in and you gotta join our program to find out more. Listen, that's a a shameless plug because I know what we do works. It, It has built businesses. It has built profitable launches and made things possible for other organizations. I look forward to hearing from you. I look forward to getting your feedback. Tell us what you like about this episode. Give us your feedback and I'll see you on the next episode. We live in a world where there's an abundance of wealth, hope, possibilities, and second chances. However, there are places right now that people don't get that. FM Global Impact is about providing hope, community, and faith to those that stumble along the way. Back in 2021, we partnered with the Kingdom of Tonga's Dare to Dream program to bring this project to life. We helped get people that were returned to their country because they were deported uh, back on their feet. The project is about life restoration, community and legacy. This project helps returnees resurrect their life by first learning a trade to build their home, resurrect their home, which is symbolic of them building their life back up, putting it back together. After they learned a skill, they go into the community and they start home restorations. They help the community uh, repair homes that were damaged by natural disasters. They also help the community by teaching these skills to youth. Lastly, as they've become this this beacon of hope, this beacon of restoration, they have taken the second chance as returnees to take it upon themselves to provide a program that helps um, mentor youth in the community. Once they have completed this program, they teach the youth how to build crafts and how to learn these skills so that they can see all of the possibilities that they have. They discuss the importance of making good decisions, and as we continue to work with this project, we are building not only homes in the community, homes for these returnees, but the things that we want to do in the future is build a community center, a skate park, and a movie theater for the for the island because there's no place for these kids to go after school, to have a safe space, high quality after school programs, and a growth environment to teach them what it means to be a leader in today's world. If you would like to be part of that mission, Go to www.fundglobalimpact.com and donate today. Every little bit helps and you can start making an impact today.